بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome back to another episode of the Reverses podcast by Tartil I really do hope you're enjoying all of them so far We're getting closer and closer to Ramadan, the month of the Quran And this is the time to be watching these episodes if you haven't already And if you need to catch up Watch every single episode, inshallah ta'ala. Regardless of which number it is, regardless of who's calling in, regardless of who's leading the show, because as you know, I've joined now and I'm supporting also with the leading of this program that was initiated by Sheikh Musa Abu Zaghla. And it's very important that we look at every single story and every single caller and take away the lessons that are available to us. It's a great ni'mah from Allah the Almighty. So just to remind you, inshallah ta'ala, how we work, we have the first part of the podcast where we have a caller call in and we speak to them, we get to know their journey about the Quran and they ask us any questions that they may have. Then we move on to the segment of having a reminder. I will be delivering reminders throughout the podcast anyway, but there's a dedicated segment that we normally do after that. If we get the chance and Allah allows us to, we'll do that next. And then finally, we will have a half of hopefully call in, inshallah ta'ala. It could be a brother, it could be a sister. And this is as crucial as the other parts. Although it's right at the end, it's very important that you don't finish off the episode or turn it off before you get to that part. Because these are the people that we really want to hear from. It could be someone calling from the same country or city as you, by the way. Someone has gone through the same journey. You listen to you say, that subhanAllah, that reminds me of me. So it's very important that we give time to all of this, inshallah ta'ala. And that's the sequence that we're going to be following. We have our first caller, our brother Ryan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Ryan from the States? Uh, originally from the States, but now living in Mississauga, just outside of Toronto. MashaAllah, originally from the States, now just outside Toronto, Mississauga. I was there maybe just two weeks ago, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, barakallah. Wa fikum barakallah. How are you okay, inshallah? Alhamdulillah, all is well here. How are you, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, very well. Barakallah, fikum. Okay, tell us, inshallah ta'ala. Well, I've, um, I'm a revert. I embraced Islam in 2006 while living in, uh, in, in Granada, Spain. Okay. Um, I was studying. I was studying there um, as part of my undergrad program, and um, my trajectory or my introduction to Islam was actually through the history and the architecture of, of um, that the um, Islamic legacy had had still left there, as you know, like the Alhambra and the um, and the wide array, you know, wide array of of um, like buildings and the and and other uh, historical features. And so I embraced Islam there, and the community that I was familiar with there like immediately started teaching me Quran, started teaching me Arabic, so that I could get the basics, right? So just to make sure that I understood my my uh, farba'ain, and to make sure that I could, um, you know, just hit the ground running. Yeah. But the the question that I had is that that community that I started that I started learning Quran with started yep. teaching me Quran in the in the recitation style and understanding of Imam Warsha Nafi'ah. Right, one of the ten, one of the other ten, one of the uh, ten kiraat. Yeah. But over time, and then coming back to the coming back to North America, coming back to the states, and <coughs> here, my uh, my his journey as I've you know as he has taken some uh, has slowed down quite a bit. I was able to learn my first Jews like Jews Amla with them, and then um, also with Jews Tabarik as well, uh, Jews twenty nine. So I learned two Jews I while I was there with them, and then. When I tried to restart my hips journey, 
most of the teachers and most of the people that I went to only wanted to teach me in Hafs, Hafs and Asim, sure. right, which is obviously the more popular and, and, and the more dominant um, uh, style of recitation. Sure. So my question is, is like I wanted to know whether or not it made sense for me to go back to or just con to continue in Warshanavia or whether I should stick with or whether I should continue in Hafs and Asim, namely because of either one because of the familiarity or because of the accept you know what was described to me as the acceptability of Hafsan Asim, if that makes sense. Wonderful. Makes crystal clear sense. And mashallah, you have a great story and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you for your efforts and uh, bless you on your path of the Quran um, and finding Islam and hearing all of this is, is, is honestly beautiful to hear. Alhamdulillah. Uh, I'd say uh, what's best for you to do next is for you to continue in the riwayah you're most accustomed to. Because your foundations was in Riwayat Warsh, you may find Riwayat Warsh now easy. You may have got the hang of it. You may also find that no Riwayat Hafs is easier on my tongue. I find it easier. You may even say it's a split. I, I find either one easy. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with either. So we'll start there, inshallah ta'ala, and ask, which one do you find easier? Which one comes easier on your tongue? Honestly, Sheikh, Riwayat Warsh and Nafia comes easier. Um, when I hear it, right? When I hear it, it's it. My ears, my ears, and my heart pick it up very quickly. You know, Alhamdulillah. That is, I think, that's definitely part of the uh, from Nehmah uh, and Abaraka from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that that happens. Now, to your point as well, yes, that is correct too. That I'm also, I'm, I, I'm, I find Hafsan uh, um, uh, Asim is uh, uh, relatively easy as well. But there's something about. Warsha uh, Nafia uh, that again just feels more uh, you know just feels more for lack of a better term it feels more original because that's okay. why that's how it started if that makes sense sure where have you reached in the Quran how far have you reached uh, just uh, just 29 and 30 just the last two okay excellent okay my advice to you would be that for you to continue riwayat Warsh the reason is because that's what started off your journey. That's what sparked off your journey. That's what Allah Jalla wa decided for you to become exposed to before anything else. Number one. Number two, you find it easy. You find it easy on your ears. You find it easy on your tongue, like you mentioned. Number three, and this is a very big benefit. You are going to, inshallah ta'ala, be a part of a... Uh, Revival of a riwayah Although Warsh is from the riwayah That are quite common after Hafs But it's not as common as Hafs As you already know So inshallah ta'ala It's going to be a beautiful thing For someone like yourself Who reverted to Islam Who's now on their journey Of memorizing the Quran To be able to um, Sort of revive this riwayah uh, If that's the correct word to use um, Although of course It doesn't need revival But for you to be able To learn in this riwayah And then pass it on to the people After yourself Now if you were to ask anybody else, perhaps they wouldn't give you that advice. I'm not only giving it to you because I'm here on behalf of Tartil, but I'm, I'm mentioning it to you from a place of experience. Alhamdulillah, I'm, uh, I've studied all the riwayat of the Quran. So I'm coming from a place of understanding as well, experience. So this riwayah, I think, is all that you should learn. So the next question comes, 
how 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 do you get on because most of the teachers uh, they may only be able to teach you in hafs that's probably what they know or they may advise otherwise uh, we're going to have to find for you a program or a teacher that you can learn from even if it's online but you will find people who know riwayat wash like i know people in toronto where you're from who know the riwayat and the qiraat i'm not really sure about the actual place you're in i haven't been there specifically but i've been to toronto i was there recently and there are definitely people around that can help us inshallah ta'ala and if we can't then we can at least start off online but i definitely encourage for you to continue riwayat wash Okay, thank you for that advice. Jazakallah khairan. Namely, and the only reason why I even asked that question is namely because uh, one of the ad- the advice that I was given by one uh, hips teacher that I had approached to uh, to restart my, my hips journey, namely made the point that you know you should probably go focus on or go back to hafs because of the acceptability of it. And I said, well, that all the ten qiraat should be acceptable. I don't why why would that be a problem? And he was just saying, like, well, it's not so much that it's, you know, you won't be accepted or, like, if you're, like, let's say you're reciting and let's say you're asked to lead, uh, lead Salah or something like that, that it won't be accepted, not in a, not in a Shari in that sense, but namely just that for some people and some general community members who may or may not be familiar with the the wide range of, of, of understandings and the, and the beauty of the Ten Kirad. They may, they may just kind of hear it and be like, well, maybe they they think they're hearing mistakes, but they're not. Sure. So in order to just kind of, and also in, in order to just find that, you know, find that like overall, like everybody no, ha, has no issue and everybody has that familiarity with what you, what you have to offer and what, and the, and the Quran that you have, that you know, and that you understand, Hafsan Asim will always be, have that like general you know, general acceptability in that definition. Not so much, you know, that it won't be accepted, your prayers won't be accepted, but just in terms of your engagement and your uh, and how you kind of fit in with the rest of the community. And I understood what he were, where he was coming from, but it was also like, <coughs> kind of bristled me a little bit, Excuse if that me. makes sense, Sheikh. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think they come in from a good place. Uh, they definitely have good intentions. Uh, but first and foremost, at the time of the Prophet Wasallam. Where the Quran was taught was in the Salah. You're always going to have that one or two people that are not accustomed to what they're listening to. So what we always advise, what our teachers advise us, what's been passed on to us from the scholars of the Quran is, we have two options with the community. Either we keep them in the dark from their own book and we don't read the riwayat in the Salah and we don't lead them and the, the ones from amongst us who do know, they don't move forward and they don't do it and we remain in a state of ignorance. Or we... Make them accustomed to it. We recite the Quran in these riwayat. Even in the beginning, if there's a little bit of challenges, people say things and people don't understand, so they comment. After that, they will appreciate it, inshallah ta'ala. After a short space of time, they will come to know that this is, subhanAllah, things that I, I, did, I wasn't aware of this. And as I'm sure you're already aware, there's so many reports, Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, elsewhere, of some of the Sahaba and the companions of Muhammad that they themselves in the beginning didn't know that these riwayat existed. And they would pull this up and they'll say to each other, this is not right. And then they'll go to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and say, this is right. It has been revealed in this way. So I think definitely, inshallah ta'ala, I lead the salah right now as an imam in different riwayat wherever i go in the world i don't even tell them i know the better thing to do is announce it but i don't i just i just lead and i'll tell you f- f- like now from experience wherever i go nowadays at least 
there's not a lot of challenges. In fact, I, I don't really recall the last time I led in a different riwayah and someone came and I, I lead and watch actually the most. And someone came and said, what's going on? I don't remember. Okay. So it's not as I think um, as uh, they're making out to for it to seem. And they're just probably coming from a place where when they say acceptability, I think what they mean, obviously it's not accepting shari wise, like you said. It's more like this is more common, this is what people know. Uh, but I don't think that will be the way forward. The way forward is for us, for people to find out, to appreciate this, and for them to not be in the dark with regards to the Quran. Definitely, inshallah ta'ala, go for it, inshallah ta'ala, and bring this riwayah back. Inshallah, that's the advice I could give you. Jazakallah khairan for your call. Uh, Ryan and inshallah ta'ala we're going to move on to our next caller who is our brother Bilal Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum You are on mute Okay I can hear you now Alaikum salam rahmatullahi barakatuh Bilal how are you? I'm good alhamdulillah how are you Sheikh? Alhamdulillah very well Barakallah Fiq where are you calling from? I'm calling from Melbourne Australia Melbourne Australia Mashallah I know another Bilal who's from Melbourne Australia as well Mashallah I think, okay. we, I think we might know the same one. <laughs> MashaAllah. Okay, go for it, inshallah ta'ala. Yeah. Um, so I have a few questions. Um, they're probably a bit short, more short and sharp. Um, so the first one is, when when is the best time of the day to memorize? Excellent. Best time of the day. Okay, we'll do it one by one. What's the best time of day to memorize? Okay, first and foremost, we don't have any... Specific text that says This is the best time to memorize We have texts that say The most blessed time of the day is the morning It's good to differentiate The best time to memorize is not what the text says The text says The most blessed time for the ummah is the morning In another riwayah of the narration It states May Allah place barakah and blessings In the morning of the day of my ummah The Prophet ﷺ, he says So People always say the morning. The morning is a very wonderful time to memorize. I advise all of the time for a person to find their most preferred time of the day. Some of us, we work very well. We're night owls. We work very well in the nighttime. Way, way more than the morning. Some of us, the morning doesn't even allow us to work in the morning. We have children. We have work. We have a very early start. People have different circumstances. Some people, in the middle of the day is the best. So I'd say the best time to memorize the Quran is a question that only you can answer But the advice we can give is It has to be a time Where your mind is clear There's no struggles There's no uh, other responsibilities There's no commitments Everything has been put away That could be the morning, the evening, the night time So you have to select it based on how your lifestyle is Maybe freestyle in the beginning Try to find that time Once you find it Then it's about honoring that time Respecting that time and saying This is the time of the Quran So the most precious time And the best time to memorize Is what works best in your, your daily schedule If you could do the morning that's Jameel. If you can't do the morning, see what time you find your productivity to be the best at. Maybe time yourself in the afternoon, time yourself in the evening, time yourself in the morning, time yourself in the night. And then say, you know what? I think I work best in the evening. I think I work best before Fajr. I think I work best after Fajr. And then stick to that time, inshallah ta'ala. Your next question? Bilal? Okay, we have a half of now. We have another caller. Abdul Latif. Assalamu alaikum. Abdul Latif, I'm very well. Barakallah feek. How are you? It's good to have you back. 
Alhamdulillah, very, very good. I'm grateful. How's everything? Alhamdulillah, very well. Barakallah. Okay, so now we're going to get to know about Hafid Abdul Latif. Tell us, inshallah, when did you memorize the Quran? Tell us a bit about who you are, Hafid Abdul Latif. Okay, Sheikh, uh, I think I completed my Hifth and my memorization of the Quran when I was 15 years old. 15 or 16? I think 15, okay. yeah. I was in year 9. And I completed Mashallah. on a Sunday morning. I even remember. <laughs> Mashallah, okay. That's beautiful, Mashallah. So how many years has it been since then? It's been, uh, it's been almost five and a half years. Mashallah, do you remember exactly where you were when you finished memorizing the Quran? Where you were sitting, where you were? I even remember how it happened. So because I'm Somali and I, was, and I finished in a Somali madrasa, we started from mm-hmm. the back, so from Surah Al-Nas Illa Surah Al-Baqarah. So I finished Surah Al-Baqarah. My last, my last Ashar or my last work that I had to give to the Sheikh was the last two pages. So my dad, Rahimahullah, he had this habit where after Asr, until Maghrib, we would sit in the masjid and he would make all of us sit with him and read Quran. So Saturday, Asr al-Maghrib, we were in the masjid and I was trying to memorize the last two pages of Surah Al-Baqarah. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amiru yudhati the longest ayat of Quran and the last page. Uh-huh. So it, like I was reading for one hour and that entire one hour I was trying my very best to memorize but it wasn't going in my head. So I went to my dad, I said, Abba, this is the case. I'm trying so hard to learn. I just can't seem to memorize it. So what my dad what my dad did was he translated the whole uh, two, uh, the the last two pages for me and when he translated it after he completed the translation I memorized it in 20 minutes <laughs> 10 minutes yeah 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes okay mashallah yeah. allahu akbar allahu akbar mashallah <laughs> was that like the fastest time you memorized that amount yes. of quran yes that 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 is my high score and i noticed that Whenever I know the meaning of what I'm memorizing, it makes it much much easier for me to memorize it. Much easier. MashaAllah. Especially Allah parts where Allah is telling a story. For example, Surah to Yusuf. Uh, all the places where Allah is telling a story. If I know the meaning of the story and how the story goes, then I'm, it's, it's very easy to memorize absolutely. it. Absolutely. 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 When you incorporate the understanding of the Quran alongside memorizing, you're going through the meanings, the gems, the stories of the Quran, then this helps you. You're more connected. You know what's going on. And it has a very, very strong impact on the person. How's life been for you after memorizing the Quran? So after I finished Quran, uh, I made a mistake that, that I probably regret to this day. Uh, I left Madrasa after I finished. I thought I'm a hafid now. Let me focus on other things. And and I, I said to myself, hopefully the Quran won't leave me. Biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. I regret till this day. So I didn't go back to Madrasa until I finished school, until I finished year 12, which was in 20, 2020. So that's about maybe two years after I left Madrasa. It was uh, one, of my, one of my chefs, he told me, uh, can be Imam for Tarawih in this masjid. So I said, inshallah, I'll be there. So as, I'm re- as Tarawih is coming close, and I'm trying to get my muraja'ah and uh, to try to do my revision, I realized that I haven't completely forgot the Quran, but for example, places where I knew I was strong in, for example, Surah Furqan, Surah Isra, I, I found it hard to learn it again. And that's when I realized I have to power, I have to power through this taraweeh, this Ramadan, and inshallah, after Ramadan, I have to go back to Madrasa and go back to my sheikh and revise the Quran with him one more time. That's, that's what happened. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah. At least you went back to it. That's the main thing. So if a person, for whatever reason, gets 
goes off track, then they have to come back. They have to say to themselves and make that decision and commitment that I'm not going to leave the best path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for me. For the Quran, Allah chooses. You don't choose the Quran. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Allah chose you. Mm-hmm. So for a person to come back, as soon as they come back, they will find that even if they have weak, weak, weak memorization because they left it for a very long time, Allah will bring it back for them. Allah will bring it back. So ever since, have you still maintained that routine or not? I, I have maintained that routine. I have maintained that routine. Alhamdulillah. So every Alhamdulillah. every week, once a Friday, we have this thing called subah, where we sit in a circle, a group of us, who, of course, they're all more proficient than I am, and I chose them for a reason, so they can fix up my tajweed, my hifth. So we sit in a circle, and for example, we prepare one juice of the Quran, and we, we everyone takes an ayah in that juice. So where you're wrong, yeah. they'll correct you. If you don't get it right, they'll skip your turn. So it's very competitive as well. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Do you teach people Quran now? Uh, have you moved on to that stage or not yet? No, no, not yet. I haven't, I haven't taught anybody Quran. But you know, I, I have a smaller, younger sister named Hafsa. So whenever uh, everyone is busy to test her, uh, her Ashar or her Quran, she just comes to me and I'll just test her. But I haven't went and become like a teacher yet. But inshallah. Okay. Inshallah, it will come. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ says, The best of you are those who learn and teach. People think it means learn or teach. It's learn and teach. So that's why I ask you that question. As a half of, as someone who memorizes the Quran, it's very important that you enter into that as well. Not right now, maybe when you're ready, inshallah ta'ala, but you work towards it. You have it as an aim that you want to pass on the Quran and teach the Quran to the people who come after you, inshallah ta'ala. One of the things that will really, really help you and help all of us who memorize the Quran and everyone who's listening to us is to have a word of the Quran A daily portion That you never ever leave You always read Now the scholars they say That if you're going to have A daily portion of the Quran You're half of If you want your Quran To be very strong The minimum that you should read Every single day Is three juz So every ten days You should finish The scholars they say If you keep that standard Then the Quran Will be at a good level But if you read less than that There's going to be A lot of mistakes some of the scholars, they say what's better to do is to follow the method of the majority of the Sahaba. They used to complete the Quran once a week. So once a week, it's about four and a half Jews a day. If you divide it in seven days, it's about four and a half a day. If you divide it in six days, it's about five Jews a day. But four and a half, because we want to read every single day. We don't want to take any days off. If you do that, then the Quran is going to flow off your tongue very easily. A great scholar from the past by the name of Ibn Hajar, he says that the one who's able to read the Quran easily and has no knots on his tongue and the Quran is just flowing is because they have a big amount that they read. And the one who struggles and gets everything difficult and they're not able to read so swiftly and it's very hard basically is because they don't read enough. So the cure for all of us who memorize, not memorize, post memory, starting to memorize, whatever stage you're at, is for you to ensure that you read as much as possible, excessively, a lot of the time, again and again. Keep doing it. Don't stay off. What happens is after this, your tongue stops reading. Your heart starts reading. The Quran now, it's very... Sometimes you're reading and you have a limit. After two pages, three pages, you want to stop. Don't stop. The shaitan is playing tricks in your mind. If you stop here and you listen to the shaitan, then the qira'ah that comes after, it will not be something that you get the chance to experience. The qira'ah that comes after is sweeter than the first one. It flows better than the first one. It's, it's a qira'ah that you didn't know that you could even come with yourself. Similar, they say a lot of them, 
because uh, obviously you're a guy, uh, when they go to the gym and they're working out and they're exercising, you know when you're lifting the weights and you're lifting and lifting and lifting and working those muscles, you get to a stage where you can't do anymore. You do 10 reps, you push, 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 that's it. That's as much as, much as you can do, your muscles are hurting. So you have someone that's with you uh, in the gym, training with you, and they say, no, you can keep going. And when you're struggling to push it, they hold it up for you. I know I'm giving a different example, but here, what does that mean? When you think you're about to stop and you can't go any longer, that's when you have to keep going. And in the case of the Quran, this is not like training physically. You're training here spiritually spiritual stamina you're giving life to your heart so this is very important the word of the quran is extremely important when you finish brothers and sisters who the hafad who are talking to us and listening to us and they're going to call in inshallah ta'ala remember as much as it's beautiful that you finish the quran there's something that you've lost <laughs> why have you lost the person well, why have i lost what you've lost is the quran classes you used to go to because there's no longer any Qur'an that you have left to read to the teacher. You've read everything. So that interaction is now gone. You don't understand that until it's gone. Now it's just like something I'm saying. But when it's gone, and you no longer go that Sunday morning, you no longer go that Friday evening, you no longer go that day. That's it. Here now the responsibility has fallen on your shoulders completely. What you need to do is make sure every single day you're reviewing, 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 reviewing. Don't miss a single day, inshallah ta'ala. If you're going to revise three juz, you only need about an hour, an hour and 10 or 15 minutes a day from the 24 hours that Allah gave you. Make sure you give the one hour, one hour, 15 minutes. If you're going to read four and a half juz a day, you probably need only, let's just say, uh, one hour and 40 minutes, maybe, something like that. If you read faster, then maybe you're going to need less time than that, and you can split it up in your day. But the word of the Quran is so important. Abdul Latif, do you have any other words of advice for the people who are listening to you today? Anything that Abdul Latif would say to the next bunch of Hufad who are now memorizing the Quran, any lessons that you can give them? All I would say, Sheikh, is along with the memorization of the Qur'an, the understanding of the Qur'an, the tafsir, the translation, the meaning behind the Qur'an, the sciences of the Qur'an. Uh, besides the, the knowledge you will gain from it, it will also help, help tremendously in your hifth. Just like I mentioned now, for example, you're struggling with a portion of the Qur'an, for example, your, your work that you have to, that the Sheikh must teach you tomorrow, and you, if for some reason it's not going in your head, just go to Google or Go to a tafsir app and just read the tafsir of that app, the sabab nuzul, why that ayah was revealed, who it was revealed to, how did the Prophet explain that ayah, and I promise you, Allah, it will help tremendously. Because exactly. let's say the Sheikh is testing you and you get stuck at one point, and then you remember the tafsir of that ayah. Once you remember the, the tafsir of that ayah, the Arabic of the ayah will come to you, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. So you're coming from a place of experience. You're saying that tafsir and understanding has really, really helped you. And you're saying that's what's going to help the brothers and sisters as well, right? I know that firsthand. You know that firsthand. Jazakallah khairan for your participation and calling in and shedding all of that light on your journey of the Quran. We really, really learned a lot. Jazakallah khair. May Allah bless you. And we'll speak to you again soon, inshallah. That was our brother Abdul Latif Barakallahu Fee that called us and spoke to us about his journey with the Quran. A lot of amazing points that we can take away from his journey. And the last thing I'd like to reiterate from what he said is the importance of making sure you have a daily portion of the Quran. 
for Hufad, this is, it goes without saying. This is something you have to have. Otherwise, the Quran, remember, Allah says, It's a very noble book. If you don't desire it, it will desire somewhere else and leave. And leave you, depart. You don't want that to happen. So he went through that difficulty in the beginning, but alhamdulillah, he's got it back now. Make sure, inshallah ta'ala, you learn from that lesson. You read the Quran all of the time. Barakallahu feekum, jazakumullahu khayran for tuning in. And inshallah ta'ala, make sure you also tune in to the next episodes ahead. Remember, like I said at the start, we have only just a short space of time before we enter into the month of the Quran. These podcasts and these episodes are exactly what all of us need right now. Make sure you watch all of them, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.